This is the fifth Sunday of Lent, and you're listening to the Gospel of the Lord and the homily of Reverend Angelo Satino, pastor of Nativity of Our Lord Parish in Warminster, Pennsylvania. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, but early in the morning he arrived again in the temple area, and all the people started coming to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him, so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking him, he straightened up and said to them, Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone. Again he bent down and wrote on the ground, and in response they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. The Gospel of the Lord. As we approach Holy Week and the celebrations of the mysteries of our faith, and most importantly, God's love and mercy, we reflect upon ourselves in relationship to God. It is important that we know who and what we are in relationships. This gospel has so many messages. When I was a kid, my father worked two jobs, so we spent a lot of time with my mother. We were a little more comfortable with mom because we knew her well from spending so much time with her. And we knew what we could get away with. We didn't try much with my father because we also knew what we could get away with and that was about nothing. One day when I didn't realize my father was behind me, I began to mouth off to my mother. And he let me know in no uncertain terms who I was in relationship to my mother. If we would come in and complain about the neighbors who would yell and holler at us for being on their property, 
we were always made to realize who we were in relationship to those older people. If we, brothers and sisters, fought with each other, we were made to realize who and what we are in relationship as siblings. We need to be taught and we need to allow the teaching to sink into us about relationships. I always remember when my father, after my mom had died, and my father was failing in health, and we were trying to be very protective. And I say this all the time with people jokingly, but I think he meant it at times. He would say to us, when did you become the parent? In other words, remember who you are in relationship to me. And we did know and respected our parents for what they had done for us. We are the children of God. And how do we see that relationship? Who and what are we before God? There's a great saying, don't challenge someone or give an ultimatum until you are ready to accept the result of the challenge or the ultimatum. Remember saying to a woman many years ago who was speaking about a problem with her husband's drinking, that I am going to challenge him and he's going to lose everything he has unless he does what I say. And I said, don't do that unless you are ready to accept the outcome of the challenge. Because if we challenge and don't follow through, we're weak. Do we challenge God or do we allow him to challenge us? I wouldn't dare all the way up to my father's death challenge him. I may speak to him. I may try to encourage certain things, but I wouldn't challenge him because he was my father and I was his son. Today's gospel has people challenging Jesus. Now, I wonder if these scribes and Pharisees who brought the woman caught in adultery knew who it was they were challenging. They didn't like Jesus. They didn't like the fact that people were beginning to accept his teaching and follow him. And so they wanted to try to put him down in front of the crowd, catch him in something they could accuse him of. And so they go up and they bring the woman and they say, this woman was caught in adultery. I often wonder, where was the man? This woman was caught in adultery. And the law of Moses says someone like her should be stoned. What do you say about it? He didn't answer. But they weren't going to give up. Like a child who challenges the parent, and no matter what the parent says, the child continues to challenge. So Jesus just quietly looked up and said, Let the one among you who is without sin cast the first stone at her. 
Ah, what a response to their challenge. And then he bent down again, and when he looked up, one by one, they had walked away. They challenged God and got the response. And they weren't ready for the response. My brothers and sisters, our society challenges God. And we know who he is. We've had 2,000 years of teaching and of revelation to let us know who God is, what Jesus did. And yet society challenges him. Sometimes by saying, you don't make the rules, I do. I decide right and wrong. What do you think of that? And sometimes we challenge God by our attitudes. Look at the world out there. We claim to be so loving and forgiving. Everybody come together. Let's just be one big family and love each other. Look at that world. When someone does something wrong, especially if it doesn't go with the tides of the time, that person could have done a lot of good in their life. But when they do something to offend the attitude of the people, what do we do? We not only condemn, we want to destroy. We want blood. That's what's out there. How often do we join in that? In our attitudes towards things going on in the world and in our attitudes in our own relationships. We want blood. We want the person destroyed. That's what the scribes and Pharisees wanted with the woman. They wanted her destroyed. And they wanted to see what Jesus was going to do and was he going to follow their law. They challenged God. And he got back by saying, let him who is without sin throw the first stone. And then we have the poor woman standing there like the spectacle for everyone to see. How many times do we do things that embarrass us or that make us feel small in front of someone or some group? We feel so terrible. And there's this poor woman. You know, I say this often, and I believe this with my heart. Sometimes sin is a grace. Because if we sin and recognize we've sinned and know who we are before God, we understand his love and mercy. And so sometimes people who don't have what they think are big sins don't understand the love and mercy of God and don't know who they are in front of him because they think they're almost equal to him. So how we handle our own sinfulness can be a grace if we know who we are. And so here's the poor woman made a spectacle of, and those who came to condemn her now gone because they challenged God and God challenged them back. 
And they had no answer. And Jesus says to her, isn't there anyone here to condemn you? She says, no, sir. He says, neither do I condemn you. Because Jesus did not come to condemn us, but to save us. But then he gives her a challenge. Go and sin no more. He didn't say what you did is fine and dandy. We'll accept it. It's okay. Everybody's doing it. He said, go and sin no more. He challenged her. My brothers and sisters, as we grow more deeply and seriously in our relationship with God, we reflect more and more about who and what we are in relationship to God. We are his children. He loves us. He brought us into existence. He has sustained us to this point in our lives. We might converse with him, but we have no right to challenge him. And if we're going to challenge him, be ready for the outcome of the challenge. Remember, when all of this is over for each one of us, we will stand before the Father whose response to us may be, when did you become the parent?